2: It's Locked On Hornets. Today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. They have an amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, local experts on the number one daily sports podcast network. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your pods. And you can follow us on Twitter at Locked On Hornets, at Walker Mail, and at Nada the Scribe. Nada is back with us. Are you happy to be <laughs> back, Nada? Look, I'm happy to talk Hornets. I've been doing news for the last two days. So I'm kind of I'm kind of happy. You left me high and dry the last couple of days, going solo and then skipping a day, but Nada is back because um, you wanted to talk Hornets so badly with all of the different content that we have to get to. I mean, it's yes, a we do. plethora of content. We actually do a little bit. That was facetious, but now, now we actually do have a little bit of a rundown to get to today. And before we start anything, uh want to dive into hornets free agency and hollinger and duncan were asked a question on their show a part of the lockdown podcast network by the way uh nate duncan and john hollinger were asked what uh, asked a question about charlotte hornets free agency what might they do what are some of the players that could be interesting that the hornets might target here is both hollinger and duncan discussing charlotte hornets free agency
3: what do you see the hornets doing in free agency uh Swag Prime <laughs> asks us, uh are there any targets that make sense for them? What it what does this team do? I mean they yeah, they have some, they have some money but like what do they do?
1: Yeah, I mean let's start off with their situation. Um you know on the odd event that uh Nikola Batum opts into the 27 million that he's due, they will be about 19 million dollars under the cap. Uh, they don't really have anyone that they want to re-sign, so probably uh do they spend it do they try to get us i mean i think their best option is just try to pick up some assets for teams that are trying to reduce salary and stay under the tax
3: absolutely yeah they should be doing what uh what Memphis did, what actually the Clippers did before they signed Kawhi, um, and the Harkless deal. But the number one thing is to obtain assets. And then the number two thing I think is to kind of go body snatching, which is make a list of guys 25 and under who might be good targets, uh, to outplay their contract over the next three, four years, try to get them on longer deals, but value deals and try to build your asset base that way. Um, I think that makes more sense than sort of splurging on, you know, we'll spend the $17 million on this half good player who is 31 and helps us win 28 games this year instead of 23, right? Like, I, I just don't see the point of that.
1: Well, the two players with whom they've probably most often been linked are Christian Wood and Montrez Harrell. They do need something. At the they've got Cody Zeller, who's a solid player, but. One thing is when your offense is terrible, center is probably the easiest position to find cheap offense at and, and boost yourself for a, a regular season offense. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, uh, Devonte Graham, particularly because he's kind of a limited two point player, having a guy who can really finish around the rim in the pick and roll, I think would really help him. So, but okay. What is 24? He could be part of what you're doing and. Harold 26 I guess he could be he might he might even be undervalued at this point after his his miserable playoff experience so it's just the question of what is spending your money on those guys get you in the long term
3: right I think another guy who's interesting for them uh is potentially Jakob Pertl
1: yeah Yeah.
3: even even though he's not like he's not going to give them as much offensively but in terms of having like a legitimate solid starting five who can be with you for a while I think dropping a sheet on him would be really interesting
1: what's what's your offer sheet to him
3: uh you probably got to go around 10 a year
1: wouldn't you rather just try and get christian wood for that money
3: potentially i i i wonder how high the number is going to go on wood
1: you think that that 10 is not enough
3: i wonder I, i he's a hard one for me to project i think people are still a little all over the place on him and how they view him
1: yeah well that that's the uh the early bird rights for detroit although i think that's probably being overstated a little bit because I don't. I don't see Detroit being like, oh yeah, let's use all of our cap space, and then we'll immediately rocket ten million over the tax, or fifteen million, or $10, fifteen million over the tax once they sign a bunch of minimums and stuff. Or not over the tax, over the cap. Sorry. Yeah. Um, the only still, re- I don't see this being team being expensive.
3: Detroit, yeah. The only uh, reason Detroit would tax. do that would be if somebody paid them to take a player, right? Yep. Yep. That that's the only scenario where that becomes realistic. But yeah, I I mean I I think. The early bird thing probably doesn't really matter for Detroit. I could see a corner case where, like they they tried to get Fred Van VanVleet and Wood at the same time, where it might matter.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. If if they're if we're gonna do the Tom Gores chase the eighth seed, but it doesn't. It's reporting has indicated that they're supposedly going away from that approach.
2: So Nana, you heard a couple of the guys that they mentioned there, mm-hmm. Of all the names that they mentioned. I think Jakub Purtle and Christian Wood are the two guys that I find the most interesting. Both of the, I, I agree with their larger point about not wanting to chase the eight seed. Nate Duncan is right. That, that the Charlotte Hornets seem to be taking anymore. Mitch Kupchak has been adamant about that, at least in his comments. I know Doug gets worried because until the off season is over and done with, and they don't spend big money on one of those eighth seed chasing kind of guys, then he won't feel comfortable until that happens. But I, I'm starting to get comfortable with the comments that they've had so far throughout this off season. So, yeah, like I'm not, I'm not trying to chase a Montrez Harrell and I know that the playoffs really exploited him. You know, I agree with, uh, I think it was Nate Duncan who said this too. I would agree with Nate that it probably, Um, the playoff performance probably did bring his money down in a way that probably is overshot. I'd still not go crazy, crazy over just refusing to pay him. No, I refuse. No, 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 you, you don't. I do. I refuse. I, I, I hear you. I know you've not liked Montrose Hill from the get go, but. I also don't want to pay the kind of money it is going to take to get him here. And and even though I think he'll probably make less money and ultimately be okay with his contract, I, I don't want to go after a Trez Harrell, even though he is from Tarboro, I believe, and then going to Louisville um, after he was uh, here in Tarboro, North Carolina. I don't want mm-hmm. to bring him home. Christian Wood seems interesting. Yaka Purtle seems interesting. Those are the two guys that I think that I would want to bring in more than any other name they brought up. And when you look at both of them, they were talking about $10 million a year for both of them, really. Mm-hmm. And John Hollinger was mentioning how he doesn't really get the market for Christian Wood right now. And and I yeah. agree with him. Like, How much does his rise with Detroit, um, is it one of these things where we're all kind of going crazy on the rise of what happened this past season with Christian Wood and then a team overpays him? I actually don't think Jakob pertle is going to be that much money. I think Christian Wood is going to be more. And so it's a matter of, do you want to spend $10 million on Christian Wood? And is that your cap? And if you can get him for that, then I would take Christian Wood instead with that $10 million. But if if he goes much more than that, then I'm just going to let him be. And I'll take Jakob pertle who I don't think is going to go over $10 million whatsoever.
0: Uh, I, I think Jakob pertle is the only reason he goes over 10 million is because he's a restricted free agent. I think that's the only reason you kind of worry about that. There may be a bit, because again, I personally, I think the Spurs will easily match with an 8 million, $9 million contract per year for Jakob pertle because the, just the intangibles that are there, the tantalizing stats that are there. Christian Wood is interesting because no one's really got any money and no one's really trying to spend any money. Like, I was reading something today on the um, athletic about Michelle Roberts and her comments on what this league is going to look like. And uh, there's a bunch of this that makes me think that these owners really aren't going to be out here trying to spend money. This may be one of the deadest free agent periods, free agent periods. And this is where you kind of have to shop for your bargains. And if this is probably the worst time to be a free agent. So if there is a Christian wood there, i think you could probably get them for eight nine ten million dollars maybe maybe slightly over i'm willing to go to that 11 million dollar mark the only question that i do have is like who else are you bringing because clearly this is going to be one of those scenarios and they brought up, brought it up earlier about taking on bad assets does that does that need does that want does that desire to take on bad assets for picks is that going to be something they do instead i think that's the only thing that stops them from going after christian wood quite honestly
2: yeah i mean i I think um you know, I'm, I'm looking at some of this stuff based on some Pistons writers and what they're kind of talking about, what they expect Christian Wood to go for. And at least looking at this, I believe this is an SB Nation article, The Detroit Bad Boys by Lazarus Jackson. He's writing a, you know, like paying Christian Wood 17 million annually, you know, that would be dumb. Like he doesn't go that much. He doesn't go to 17. But even if we're talking about like a 13 million, yeah, I'm just not going to pay Christian Wood that much. And, you know, looking at what maybe Yaka Pertle would go for, if you are talking about 10, the defensive ability that he has with protecting the rim and he actually being a pretty good shot blocker, that entices me. Now, it kind of goes to how we've split James Wiseman and Anyeka Kungwu in the defensive strengths category. With the Onyeka, you feel more comfortable with him Sliding his feet a little bit better on the perimeter where Wiseman is the rim protector. I think we're kind of doing that with Christian Wood, who slides his feet better on the perimeter where Jakob Purtle is more of the rim protector. What do you want in that scenario? Normally, I would go with Christian Wood. I like the versatility more than the rim protection, but for the money that it might cost to get Christian Wood, I think Purtle is going to be that guy. Maybe you're right about the Spurs valuing him uh, more than what I think. Um, But I I think that Pirtle would be the guy that I'd be willing to spend the money for, even if Christian Wood entices me more, just compared talent wise. Like if, if, if we were to spend the same exact money, give me Wood. But I think Wood actually goes more. I just think teams are going to be more enticed by the athleticism, by his growth this season, being in that six man of the year kind of category. I think he's on notice too much. And I think he's going to go over that 10 million. But we'll see. We'll see. We
0: will see. And again, again, I think I need applause for you saying give me wood and me not chuckling out loud like
2: a 13 year old. Yep. Give me wood if it's cheap, but if it's too expensive, then I'm going to leave it be. Also want to give a real (laughs) quick shout out to rockauto.com. Always thank them for supporting the show Uh, with the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models. It is now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the counterman orders the parts on his computer, choosing only the brand his warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home, and in your pocket. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. And you can go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. Best of all, prices at RockAuto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. So why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to RockAuto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or your truck. Right locked on in there, how did you hear about us box? So they know we sent you. They have an amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. We've got some draft questions coming in to the Twitter handle at LockedonHornets. We'll talk about Isaiah Joe and Elijah Hughes coming up next on the Locked On Hornets podcast.
1: This is Locked On Hornets.
2: Then I clicked on M. Thomas. I'm like, who in the hell is M. Thomas? Matt Thomas is oh, his name.
3: Oh, NBA legend, Matty e. Thomas. <laughs> he, Matt he Thomas. I'm pretty <laughs> sure Matt Thomas served me in an Applebee's the other day.
1: It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast.
2: Always appreciate the support from you guys listening to the show and tweeting at us some of your questions. Sorry if we don't get to them in a timely manner, but we did get a question a couple of days ago from one of our followers, Warrior86. Uh, we appreciate you asking this one. And he asked locked, at Lockdown Hornets, what do you guys think about Isaiah Joe? Of course, a second-round pick. So, Nada, I don't know if you've watched a ton of Isaiah Joe, Arkansas, 6'5", 180 pounds, a 6'10", wingspan, and the biggest strength of him, what he's known for, is his shooting.
0: Wait, wait, what wait, 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 wait. Hold on. So, go back. Go, run,
2: run me back through all that. Repeat that for me. Okay. He's 6'5", mhm, 180 pounds. mhm. He's got a 6'10" wingspan.
0: Okay, so that means he's going to be l- rangy and long on the defensive end. Yes, okay.
2: Okay, is that what that means to you? That's okay. Wow, your scouting only just looks at the height and the size. I feel you. Okay, on that.
0: but what is his strength? What is <laughs> what, what did you tell me his draft strength is?
2: His, his biggest the biggest thing he's known for is his shooting ability. So you're
0: telling me there's a 6'5" guy that shoots really well? can be rangy on defense, long rangy on defense, and we think he's going to be in the second round?
2: Um, I didn't say that. I think that's what this Twitter um, follower, Warrior86, was asking. Could he be a second-round pick? But it sounds like with this large buildup that you've now created, it doesn't sound like you think Isaiah Joe is going to be there with the 30-second overall pick. No, not at all. Again, have,
0: here's the thing. With guys that are 6'5 to 6'8", rangy, and play guard. Again, my wings win rings. While I may have faltered in some of what, I, again, in some of what we've seen, I may have faltered a little bit. I am back at the altar of wings ring, win rings, Walker. And thus, okay. a guy like that, a guy that has that kind of ability, you mean to tell me that you think that in this in this NBA that needs shooting as badly as possible. He is going to be a a second round pick at 32. No, but if you're going to tell me we're going to trade up, maybe take a bad contract off, Hey, I'm all for it because again, this team needs shooting and this team needs length and this team needs talent, but I don't think he's going to be there at 32. Not at all.
2: I agree with you. I don't think Isaiah Joe is going to be there. And I really like him. If you were to just look at his stats over the last couple of seasons, you might really not like him. So last season he -hmm. shot 37% from the field and he shot just 34.2% from three, but that was on 10.6 three point attempts per game last season. This guy was taking over three. Uh, he was, he was taking over 10 three pointers a game on the year last season. And then in his freshman year coming in, he shot eight three point attempts Um, shooting 41.4. So if you look at what he did in his first year with Arkansas, his three-point percentage was a lot better than what it was last year. Here's what I see when I watch Isaiah Joe. Watching him come off screens, watching him even off of the dribble, I think his shot is extremely balanced. I think when you watch what he does going up for the shot, I think there's not a whole lot of wasted motion. I think it's pretty Um, I think when you're just talking about him dribbling to his left, dribbling to his right, coming off of screens, whatever kind of motion he's going through, I think he does an excellent job of going vertical immediately upon shooting, where some guys will lean in and shoot while going to their left, going to their right. I just think Isaiah Joe is one of those prospects that at least watching all of the different draft prospects in the last couple of years, to me, the number one thing that stood out is just how balanced he is going straight up. When you put that along with his not wasted motion within the his upper body with just his range by the way, where where that it doesn't look like he's putting so much more strength into his shot when he's shooting five, even seven feet beyond of what the normal three pointer would be. The guy's got range for days. He could shoot mm-hmm. immediately upon stepping into the gym and yet his form doesn't change. And I think that's really enticing to me, even if you were to look at that three point percentage and say, okay, here's 34%. This guy's a volume score. He's not efficient. Get him out of here. I don't think that at all. Like I, I, I really like what he brings to the table. I actually like his handles. I think he gets a little off balance. I don't think it's because the guy can't dribble. I think if he is just a little bit more controlled with his dribbling, I think he has the kind of handles that um, make me feel secure with him having the basketball in his possession. I think there's a little bit of vision to him. It's not somebody that is going to facilitate an entire offense, but there were some times where he would rise up for a shot and then people are, defenders are ready to box out Mm-hmm. And then the guy in which that defender is supposed to box out actually slips past their defender. And then Isaiah mm-hmm. Joe has done a good job of looking for those cutters right uh-huh. at the last second to kind of fake out some of those um some of those rebounders, the defensive rebounders. So I, I really like that part of his game. And you look at the free throw percentage, it's eighty nine percent, which is always indicative of a good three point shooting percentage, even if he did not shoot all that well from beyond the yard. Bottom line, nada a. I'm a big fan of Isaiah Joe. I think he's going to be a good basketball player, even defensively. I like what he brings there. I would gladly take him. In fact, he's one of my favorites there at the 32nd overall spot. I'm with you more than likely, though. I I do think the the only chance that we have as Hornets fans of him being there at 32 is... Mm -hmm the evaluators put too much stock into the bad numbers and think that it's just all volume for him. But clearly these NBA guys, you know, they're doing their job and I I, I'm with you. I don't, I don't think that he's going to be there.
0: No, I don't think he's going to be there. Now the question I would actually ask you quite honestly is what's the highest you'd go for him. If you're the Hornets, like he's a guy that clearly fits a need on this roster. What's the, again, what's the highest? Do you trade down do you, again? And granted here again, I already hear Doug Branson gnashing his teeth teeth and throwing a tantrum at me wanting to trade this pick again. But what's the, again, where do you think his ceiling is draft wise? Because a well, guy like just, that, but he, go ahead. A guy like that at again, 18 to 30, like I would go 18, maybe
2: 17 in this draft. Yeah, like, I, don't, I don't mind going up to the 20s, if that's what you're asking me. Yeah, and I don't think Doug would get mad at you at trading higher to go get a prospect. I think Doug's mantra has always been, get the guy that's rising on draft boards. Don't take the guy that should be high, but is falling, like we kind of did with a Malik Monk who kept falling a little bit further than what we thought, right? Like, I, I think what Doug would want is to go get the guy ascending up draft boards. And so Isaiah Joe might be that person. I don't know if that's actually happening. I haven't mm-hmm. seen a whole lot of him rising up draft boards, but yeah, I'd be just fine trading up a little bit further into the first round to go get him. I, I really like him. And just to uh, move on to another prospect that I think a lot of people are mocking to the Hornets. You know, Doug mentioned this one just because Elijah Hughes out of Syracuse yeah. is someone that a lot of people are talking about. I'm kind of out on him being the 32nd overall pick. If you want to, I mean, he, he's not going to be there in the 50s. So, you know, no. I, I, it's it, it, we're to the point where it's just not anybody that I'm going to spend a selection on watching him play, not a his shot. So, so directly compared to Isaiah, Joe, like Joe is someone that I just talked about how crazy good his balance is. Mm-hmm. Elijah Hughes is really not balanced. Well, every time that he shoots, he kind of opens up his hips and his left leg goes back. And it's really weird. That's the, the lower body mechanics on his shot. It, it 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 raises an eyebrow for me. I just don't get the whole left leg kind of going back, and then when you see him shooting thirty four percent, you know it, it makes me question it even more. So, so uh, the percentage isn't great. No, um, it's not. It, even though he can shoot with some range, it's not somebody that that shoots with a whole lot of. A lot of power in his upper body, in my opinion, mm. I think that, I think that his, his release, and I think that his upper body in the, in his shot process is actually a little inconsistent. It, it just is. throws me off. Not I, I just, the, the jump shot throws me off a little bit. I know we averaged, I think 19 points a game this past year with Syracuse. He was the guy that they relied on. I think he can show some power athletically, uh, athletically, jumping off of two feet we've seen some pretty good jams from him but also finishing at the rim I mean he might have done so but uh, I think he finishes below the rim in traffic more so than he rises above it like there are times where he'll go off two feet but it kind of has to be premeditated for him it's not well it's not some natural reaction where a ball is coming off of the rim and he's ready to go he'll come out of nowhere like If he comes out of nowhere, it's premeditated. He has to take a lot to gather off of two feet, and then he might give you something flashy. But that's the kind of flashy plays that he gives you. I I think he is a little bit hectic with the basketball. I I don't love his decision-making with the ball in his hands. I'm just kind of out on Elijah Hughes. And if he's going to be there in the 32nd range, I'm not taking him. And if you wanted to take him in the 50s, fine, but I don't think he'll be there for the 50s. So overall, I just don't see a scenario that'd be yeah pull the trigger on you.
0: Here's the thing, though. In all your description of Elijah Hughes, do you know what I heard a lot? Again, do you know what my, my brain, that sometimes is wired a little bit differently, heard? Not very different from what we already have in Cody and Caleb Martin. A lot, and, and they're better athletes. From for for my money, they're a lot better athletes. So if we're going to talk about whether investing in Elijah Hughes. I'm much more inclined to say, hey, we we already got some wings that we can mold and we can send down the Greensboro and they know the drill and they'll only get better. So as much as I like Elijah Hughes, I don't think he's that talented. Like, again, this is a different conversation if uh, uh, Isaiah Joe's there or Desmond Bain, heaven help us, is there. This is a completely different (laughs) conversation, but. Again, Elijah Hughes, like, no, I'm kind of good. I'd much rather get a big at 32, quite honestly.
2: And it's always harder to grade some of these defenders coming out of Syracuse because they don't play man-to-man defense and its zone. I I just don't watch him and think that his defense is going to be all that good Mm -mm. compared to, I think Isaiah Joe would be a better defender than what Elijah Hughes would be. And, And even with just their shot creation, because Elijah Hughes was the number one guy, I think Isaiah was able to create. I think actually Elijah did have some shot creating ability, mm-hmm. but I just I think Isaiah Joe's is a little bit cleaner. Um, yeah, it, yeah. Give me the Arkansas product way more than going with the guy out of Syracuse in that scenario at thirty two. If both of those guys are there and you're asking me who I would take, I'm a fan of Isaiah Joe just as you are. Um, not a not so much of Elijah Hughes. All right, I want to talk to you guys about Built Bar. Built Bar is the health conscious bar that tastes so delicious you'll think you'll eat you're eating a dessert after your workout it's great for the health conscious guy because you can lose or maintain weight while indulging in that delicious treat they are low calorie bars they're low sugar bars they're high in protein they're high in fiber and they're great for the keto diet they've got the peanut butter flavor coconut almond the cherry barcia as not a dubious the bar- barcia bro- boys uh, barcia boys or bros which one do you like better barcia boys man come on Okay, I'm sorry. My bad. It's the Barcia boys. Either way, try the cherry Barcia. And also, if you want, you can get the cookies and the cream. And maybe best of all, you can get the free cooler with the purchase of those uh, built bars that you might buy at builtbar.com. When you go to builtbar.com, you can use promo code locked on and you'll get $10 off your next order. Again, that's promo code locked on, all one word, no spaces, for $10 off at builtbar.com. Got one more segment to go. We'll give you our final analysis on what we've seen in the NBA Finals. Does it only go to game five and not as proven right with his NBA Finals prediction? That's coming up next on the Locked on Hornets podcast. This is Locked on Hornets. But what he showed in Summer League comma a euro step into a windmill during a game end of comma oh, could yeah. put him on the radar of a uh, radar <laughs> me, of all nba yeah on the radar on the radar <laughs> of all nba fans as a nightly highlight producer yeah you're charlotte you're charlotte coming out there yeah i'm from come from uh catawba county put so, him
3: on the radar.
1: it's time for more of the locked on hornets podcast
2: how good are you feeling nada about your pre-nba finals <laughs> prediction and what we might get on friday night
0: R I P Miami Heat. Like I told you, I told again, I told you, I told you, I told all of y'all, none of y'all wanted to listen to me. And I told you, the series wasn't going to last long. And again, people can say Goran Dragic would have changed the series, and they're partially right. Healthy Bam might have changed the series. They may be partially right, but you know what? They're not. And you know what that means? I'm right and you're wrong. And I get to laugh at this for a little bit.
2: So here, here's my thing with you. You can throw this at me if you <laughs> want. Because I did pick the Miami Heat in a seven-game series. You did. but in, And I mean this in the worst way. So don't get it twisted. What I'm about to say to you, I mean in the worst way. You are LeBron James. In the fact that you create this chip on your shoulder that didn't actually happen. You are Michael Jordan going against LeBradford Smith, making up stories in order for you to pound your chest after the fact. In the fact that a lot of people were picking the Lakers in five or six games and you went with the masses. And now what you're trying to do is create it that you were this one guy with some unique take that had the Lakers winning in five games. And you're saying, and I quote, all of you are wrong, and I'm right, and I'm going to pat myself on the back. Do not act like this is a Le Bradford Smith situation. Just tell the truth, Nada. I think that's all we want from you, and you refuse to do it.
0: Sir, allow me to craft my own narrative as I
2: see fit. <laughs> no. I'm here to call it. I'm here to call BS on you. I'm not going to allow you to create your own narrative. But as we continue to look at the NBA finals and look at what I think is probably going to end in six games, maybe the Miami Heat can take care of game five. I don't think this goes to game seven, despite Jimmy Butler telling you that they can't come back from this 3-1 deficit. I think the absence of Goran Dragic is absolutely huge and mm-hmm. in a weird way, maybe even bigger than Bam Adebayo. You know, not, I think some of the analysis coming into this one, if you were a Heat believer or maybe you believed in the Lakers, but were worried about something uh, with the Miami Heat, it might have been Bam Adebayo and the defensive prowess that he could have had against Anthony Davis because Bam does such a good job on smaller, quicker guys. And we've seen him defend well Giannis Antetokounmpo. And and Uh I know Jay Crowder was on him, too, but I I thought Bam Adebayo has done really good, no matter who his assignment has been. I thought maybe there would be some kind of neutralization, if you will, of Anthony Davis. But Anthony has been so good, minus that game three where maybe his impact wasn't nearly as felt. Anthony Davis has been very good. I will say this. I expected Anthony Davis to get the finals MVP heading into this series. I think LeBron James is going to be that guy after what we've seen so far.
0: Yeah, no, I absolutely agree with you. And one thing Anthony Davis did, and it worked for the most part, is you notice who Anthony Davis was guarding for the most part in that game four was Jimmy Butler. And he took Jimmy out of the game. And he basically made sure that anything, like Jimmy was going to have to shoot threes and exploit the perimeter, something that he wasn't willing to do for most of the series as or the, this playoffs outside of the first round, too too much. So at some point they decided, you know what, we're going to b- bump this. Ad, I'm going. Ad said I'm going to cover Jimmy Butler, and he took him out the. And basically, he took him out the rest of the series. And-
2: yeah, I don't know if you saw the stats, and I'm trying to remember them, but I think anytime anthony davis was matched up against jimmy butler i think jimmy went scoreless if i'm not mistaken i don't think he made one field goal i could have that wrong but i know that if he did make a field goal it was only like two or something like that what he mm-hmm. did against jimmy butler was sensational and uh you know i know jimmy has some comments after the game it doesn't matter what defender you throw out at me i'm not scared of him yeah i don't i don't think jimmy's scared of anything i just think that anthony davis did a really good job and how about frank vogel man like look i i think that Frank Vogel has always been a good coach watching the Indiana Pacers exploiting a lot of the best things of players that he had on that roster with Indiana. I always thought he did a great job. I always thought Indiana moved on from him prematurely. Um, But, and then Orlando, it's just tough to win down in Orlando when that's the kind of talent that you have. But still, I, I think Frank Vogel has done some good things with that Lakers roster. And, you know, even yes, you have Anthony Davis, you've got LeBron James, they're going to win you a lot of games. I think he's done a good job of getting the most out of some of these other role players, as well as LeBron. I do think that Frank Vogel has done a good job of getting the most out of the role players.
0: Yeah, no, that's the thing. Frank Vogel has, Frank, there's some articles about Frank Vogel basically bringing back like the sledgehammer and basically what, that's what he's done. He's said, we're going to be bigger. We're going to be, we're going to defend a lot more physically. You are going to feel us. And over the course of any kind of playoff series, especially when you've played three before, that physicality is going to catch up after a certain point. And that's, a lot of that is Frank Vogel and a lot of what he does. And, again, the guy managed to get something out of the center position out of JaVale McGee and Dwight Howard this year. And, it, again, all props to this dude. All props to Frank Vogel for getting a ring. I mean, yeah. thank you for helping me shape my narrative of Lakers in five. And they're wearing the Kobe jerseys, the Mamba jerseys, game five. So you know what? The, again, this series is over. O V A over. Yeah.
2: I probably agree with you on that, and uh, I hate it because I'm gonna have to hear some more of this nonsense as we go forward. That wraps yeah. Up w- this One more thing
0: though, Walker. One go more ahead. thing. Um, there's a a listener of ours, uh, Senior Fantastico, on t- Twitter just got his M.D. and he thanks us, Walker, for helping him get through medical school. Are you serious? I didn't even see that. Why am I not?
2: Did he he tweet at us at Lockdown Hornets?
0: No, he did not tweet us at. He tweeted me. He tweeted me, not you. Oh, (laughs) okay.
2: Well, that's why I didn't see it. Exactly. Shout out. Even if you didn't tweet at me, that's absolutely fine. (laughs) Still shout out. Excellent job. Congratulations. And we do appreciate everyone's support, including Senor Fantastico, uh, Dr. Fantastico, as we'll call you now. Yeah, exactly. Senior Doctor. (laughs) I like it all. Uh, Once again, that wraps up this edition of Lockdown Hornets. Thanks again to rockauto.com for supporting the show. Now tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Hollinger and Duncan or any show on the lockdown podcast network. Have a great day. We'll be back with you tomorrow.